Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. How are y'all feeling? How are you doing? Let's just take a moment to check in with ourselves and you know, just see how we are feeling in this moment. I am feeling grounded. I have been really intentional about practicing what I preach and (laughs) incorporating some of those self-care practices on a regular basis. And so far, I've seen an improvement in my overall mood and my well-being, and I hope that you're doing the same. So last week, we had our episode with Kendra Austin, who is such an amazing light and such an amazing human being. And if you have not gotten a chance to listen to that episode, there are so many gems that we covered. We talk about inner child healing. We talk about relationships and how dating and relationships can be not only a trigger, but can show us where in our healing journey where we need to maybe direct more attention to. We talk about community building, our favorite hobbies, and it's just a fun, feel-good episode. It was really heartfelt, so definitely check that out. Today's episode is rightfully titled, Am I the Drama? And when I was thinking about writing out this episode, I really took a minute to think about some of the content that we see online about self-care and mental health and wellness is very centered around us. It's really centered around our happiness, our fulfillment, our enjoyment. And that's great because this is your life and you should design it and have it be the best experience you can have, of course, right? However, I sometimes think there is a lack of discourse when it comes to accountability. And today we're going to talk about how using accountability and self-awareness can be a tool for growth and really just diving into doing the work. What does the work mean? And we hear that term a lot, doing the work, we got to do the work. What is the work? What the hell is this work, right? And so today we're going to talk about accountability self-reflection, and taking a moment to zoom inward versus zooming out and always assuming that other people are the problem when sometimes it might be us. Maybe we are the drama. Maybe we sometimes miss out on the situations or experiences or habits that we have that are contributing to our discomfort, our unhappiness, etc. I want to put a very firm disclaimer at the beginning of this episode, though, because everything has nuance. Everything should be taken in context, not out of context. But disclaimer that when I am discussing and talking about self-awareness or talking about accountability or self-reflection, I also want to make it very crystal clear that I am not discussing situations or cycles of abuse. I am not discussing top of the topic of emotional abuse where very often there is a victim and an abuser and there are very clear roles in that situation so I want to make it very clear I'm not talking about 
situations where you might be in an emotionally abusive relationship or situation. And if you do find yourself in that predicament or you know someone who is, please visit our website, saddiebaddies.com. We have a list of resources for our emotional um, relationship and domestic violence. So please check that out. So now that we've created a safe container to discuss this, let's ta- let's dive in. The reason why I first started with the question, mm, am I the drama? Because I have realized throughout my life that sometimes I've played the protagonist instead of being the person that needs to be honest with themselves. And what is the difference when you have this kind of main character energy about you, which I'll dive in in another episode. When you have this energy about you that everything around your life is designed to, again, fulfill you, make you happy, enjoy, it's very easy to kind of go through life without realizing moments where you are being self-centered or you're being incredibly selfish and you're not using self-awareness as a tool to help you have healthy relationships. And I say that with love, but I also say that with honesty because I have also been that person. I have been the person who wants to be right instead of wants to be understood. I have been the person that points the finger at other people when I should have been pointing it at myself. And it takes a level of humility to realize when you are wrong and that accountability that you develop through introspection, through being by yourself, by spending time by yourself and even spending time in nature, it can help you to realize those patterns in your life and it can help you to illuminate where you're missing your own mark. So there are some signs that I have realized and through some research online, I've realized that these are some good signs that it could be an opportunity for you to do some self-reflection. And again, why do we want to do the self-reflection? Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you already are somebody who's interested in mental health, improving your mental health, your well-being, or you are somebody that wants to have a growth mindset and wants to be someone that is continuously evolving and continuously growing and learning from their mistakes. So I'm probably speaking to the target audience (laughs) and there are still opportunities for us to do some self-reflection. Although we are all on this journey together, I kind of think about it like we're all on this this universal trip together and we're all kind of getting off at different destinations, but sometimes we need a moment to check in. And here are some signs that it might be a good time to practice accountability. So number one, if you're someone that refuses or is unable to have difficult conversations or you're constantly avoiding confrontation, that could be a sign that you are not comfortable being called out, you might be uncomfortable having conversations that make you feel like you're in the wrong. And I say that because I have also been this person and it happens sometimes. Sometimes you're, you know, talking to a friend or your partner or a loved one or whoever, and they're telling you something, they're giving you constructive criticism or constructive feedback. And you're like, no, you're completely wrong. You're wrong. No, absolutely no way. And you get defensive. And instead of being receptive to what that person is saying, and of course, 
making sure that the person that you're speaking to or the person that's speaking to you is someone that you can trust, is somebody with, you know, good intentions, that can also help you to navigate when you should be tuning your ears to what they have to say, of course, right? You're not going to listen to someone that is gaslighting you or someone who has been, again, verbally abusive or anything like that. I'm talking about the interactions that you have with the people in your life on a day-to-day basis. If they have been trying to tell you something, say, for example, you're someone that is always late to meeting up with people, like chronically late. I'm not talking about five, 10 minutes. I'm saying like 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes late. And the friends in your life have been telling you, girl, why you always make us wait for you? Why do you always make us wait? Why are you always late? Um, you know, we've had to miss reservations. We have a hard time booking things with you. And you're just like, oh, that's just how I am. That is a sign that you might be the problem. <laughs> if you're the person that is causing, and again, if this is a pattern, this is a way for you to take a moment and realize, okay, maybe I am the issue. Maybe there is an issue that I need to work through. And I don't want you to internalize that and say, I'm the problem per se, but you can tell yourself or you can start to think, am I contributing to this problem? And if the answer is yes, then that's an opportunity for growth. A second sign that it might be time to do some self-reflection or aka am I the drama is if you're someone that never apologizes. If you are the person that waits for other people to apologize to you, Even if you have been involved in wrongdoing, but you just refuse to own up to it. Again, that is a lack of accountability. And when you don't acknowledge your own wrongdoing, when you refuse to say sorry, when you refuse to acknowledge how you've contributed pain or discomfort or hurt to other people, that does not allow you to grow. In my early stages of my healing journey where I was fighting nail and tooth. I was very hard headed about everything around me. Oh, it's, it's, I'm not the problem. It's my family. I'm not the problem. It's this person. And I just had this, I had this attitude about me that in retrospect was very self-important. I would say sometimes if I'm being completely honest and it wasn't until I started going to therapy, and I've said this before, if you if you have a therapist and your therapist never checks you, meaning your therapist never tells you when you are wrong, that could also be why it's so easy to overlook the areas in your life where you are contributing hurt or pain to other people. And also, if you're not being honest with your therapist, if you're not being completely honest, if you're leaving chunks of the story out, of course, they're going to side with you. <laughs> if you leave out the fact that, you know, you and your friend fell out, but it's because you did some really messed up shit to them. Of course, they're not going to see that perspective. Right. So it's re- it's being able to learn from your mistakes and be able to apologize and say, hey, I was wrong. And the layers of an apology is acknowledging what you did wrong saying actually I apologize or I'm sorry that I did this and owning up to it and also apologizing for the way you make that person feel. So an apology is not saying I'm sorry you feel that way. An apology is I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm learning from this and I will work so that this does not happen again. That is an apology, not 
telling someone, oh, I'm sorry that you feel bad about it. Because then again, that puts the fault on someone else. So if you catch yourself when you do apologize saying, I'm sorry you feel that way or, oh, that wasn't my intention. And then that's it. That's not an actual apology. So another way that we sometimes, and I would honestly say this happens a lot in the wellness community, is sometimes we again, leave out information, but we can be manipulative. Sometimes we can manipulate people to getting our way. Sometimes we know what buttons to press to get what we want out of people, whether it's a partner or your friend or family member or whoever in your life. Sometimes we can guilt trip people into making them give us what we want. And that that's that's not okay. That is the drama, okay? When you manipulate other people to forcing them to see your your perspective or leaving out information or lying or even exaggerating sometimes so that they feel guilty and cave in to what you're doing that is a form of manipulation and it seems really harmless sometimes it's like oh well you know that's fine i don't i don't have to you know i don't have to disclose the truth or i don't have to be an honest person but if your relationships are not rooted in honesty then what are they rooted in are they rooted in your own self interest are they rooted in making sure that you're the only person in your relationship that's happy? And when you realize that, oh, I have been guilty of that, it's not for you to beat yourself up. It's not for you to say, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm a narcissist because we know that word narcissist gets thrown around a lot. That doesn't mean that. That just means that you are a human being that has that has used your own self-interest to manipulate a situation it happens but when you do realize it own up to it and again whether you choose to apologize to the person directly or you figure out a way to correct that behavior on your own either way the whole point is to be self-aware and if you're not self-aware enough to do this then how are you going to have healthy relationships that are rooted in love and honesty and authenticity How are you going to be able to show and bring your full self into those relationships? Another way that we sometimes, and this happens a lot, when we center ourselves in our relationships and we don't hold space for other people, but we want other people to hold space for us. If you're the person that's constantly canceling on people, if you're the person that when you go up with me and meet up with a friend, you're talking about yourself the entire time and you're not ever asking them, hey, how are you? How have you been? How's your business? How was your trip? How's your job? How's life? You know, if you're meeting up with a friend of yours and the whole time you're just asking, I mean, you're just talking about yourself and you're just centering yourself, that's that's one aspect of our in in our relationships that if we perpetually do this we can feel like oh well how come people aren't around for me how come I have nobody to you know reach out to when I need them or how come I have nobody to you know nobody checks up on me because if you constantly center yourself and you don't look at your relationships as mutually um, beneficial or mutually healthy in a way so that you can be also support other people beyond just the superficial, 
it's it's damaging to your relationships and it's damaging to the potential of having healthy relationships in your life. So I really encourage you when you are with people that you love or friends or whoever, you know, ask them, be curious about their life. Even if you don't, even if you know your friend and this is the person that you see every single week or every two weeks or however often, or this is your partner that you live with or whatever the case is, be curious about their lives. And you will see that when they are able to reciprocate that curiosity, that interest that you have so much more of an easier time holding space for each other. And it's, you know, it's very easy to kind of act as if this is just our life and and nothing else matters and no one else matters. But that that person that you're speaking to also is having an, a whole individual, unique experience just like you are. And I think it's just important to make sure we are holding space for the people in our lives. And sometimes that can look like just showing up to their house, bringing over some snacks, or that could be just checking in and texting them, hey, how have you been? You've been on my mind, you know, without asking them for a favor. If you find yourself that, oh, this person's only asking me for your favor, or they're only they're only hitting me up to ask me to do something for them or to vent or to complain, that's not having a healthy, balanced relationship. And of course, one way that we can tell we might need to be practicing more accountability in our lives is when you always want to be right versus having an understanding with someone if your end goal in an argument is to prove that person wrong and you don't back down until you realize that okay I won this war I won this fight babe I'm I'm telling you right now that is a very exhausting way of living that's an exhausting way of of having your relationships exist because if your end goal is to just be right versus having a teachable moment or having a moment of accountability, that's really hard to have a a sustainable relationship in that way. And this especially goes for romantic relationships. Um, There's an episode of Insecure where Molly is at the therapist. And if you know, you know, she's at the therapist and um, she's talking to her therapist about her relationship, I believe it's it's her and Issa that are going through it and having their, you know, their friendship moment, <laughs> which they do in the show throughout the whole show. But, you know, Molly's talking about Issa and she's saying, like, how long she is. And her therapist is like, well, do you want to be right or do you want to be understood basically and that episode really hit home because I think sometimes even in our most intimate relationships whether they're romantic platonic we always want to just prove our point and be right and have that person feel bad and yeah I want them to feel bad for what they did and they're gonna see and all this stuff and it's like okay but what if you're not right in this moment are you still able to put as much effort into having that relationship grow and having that relationship evolve, um, knowing that maybe you are in the wrong sometimes. So those are just questions that I, um, or those are, those are signs that I have realized throughout my life. And, um, I think this is a, also a collective experience for a lot of us. And last but not least, I want to talk about therapy speak. 
and how sometimes we weaponize therapy speak. So what is therapy speak? So it's not an actual thing. You know, it's not like a concrete definition, but typically, and this is actually from Vogue magazine wrote a really good article about therapy speak. They wrote that the use of of therapy speak is using psychological concepts such as trauma, codependency, attachment styles, or mental health disorders like narcissism and obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD. It's slips into the the vernacular of our everyday lives. And so sometimes therapeutic language, like the language that's used in clinical settings or in therapy, can be used out of context and more importantly, out of a clinical setting. So what's happening with therapy speak is we're bypassing experts for an actual diagnosis of, for example, narcissism. Narcissism is a personality disorder. And that is something that you actually need to be diagnosed and tested for um, by a, a licensed mental health professional. But we're using it so openly and we're using it to describe anyone who does anything wrong to us. Um, That does not necessarily mean that that person is a narcissist. And we are bypassing experts and trained, you know, clinicians for their diagnosis and instead just putting these labels and pathologizing our relationship dynamics pathologizing really just run-of-the-mill regular behavior and just being human so it's really important to again I think because we're in this mental health and wellness era we're in this space where you know everyone's an expert everyone knows this everyone knows that even I I have to be really careful about the way that I speak in um, regards to therapy or mental health I am not a therapist however I make it very clear that I'm not coming from um, a perspective of a therapist. I have, though, a lot of experience in the mental health clinical space because I come from a clinical background. I come from clinical research. I also have a master's in public health and have published mental health research cross-sectional studies, you know, so there, when I'm coming from this perspective, and of course my own lived experience going to therapy for over five years and really having that firsthand experience and my identity as a first generation black African woman has contributed a lot to my knowledge. And I don't want to take away your experience or your lived experience is so valid. And I'm not ever knocking anyone's lived experience as, um, inadequate or not enough to make observations or to call out patterns or even sometimes with self-diagnosing there's a lot of stigma when it comes to self-diagnosis should you self-diagnose should you not for a lot of folks who are for example neurodivergent they have used self-diagnosing as a way to finally get an actual diagnosis so they have the support they need which I think is important um, in terms of accessibility but really therapy speak can be demoralizing and therapy speak can be a way for folks to point the finger at everyone else and say, well, yeah, that person's a narcissist, so I'm cutting them out of my life. Back in the day before we had this language, people were still having really difficult discussions with their community, their loved ones. And that's one thing that we've forgotten is that 
not everyone in your life is going to agree with you. Not everyone in your life is going to see your perspective, but that doesn't make that person or those people a narcissist or that doesn't make that person, you know, uh, just a terrible human being. We are all capable. We all have duality and the duality in the spectrum of human emotions and human behavior is so broad. So just remembering that you might feel like, okay, I'm the good person in this situation, but that person might also feel like, well, I'm the good person as well in this situation. And being able to see both both perspectives and being open-minded is where I feel like we can find that happy medium. So um, again, using accountability and self-awareness as a growth tool will allow you to see the areas in which you might be contributing to this you know, pattern or, or whatever the case is and doing it with love and doing it with softness and compassion and not beating yourself up, not berating yourself, not berating other people, but being honest and having open and honest conversations. Um, lastly, I want to talk about how taking accountability for my own actions has really helped me and what helped me and what still helps me, honestly, is asking for feedback regularly. I have the blessing and I have the privilege of having a life partner, a fiance and someone in my life who lives with me. And I have found that when you live with someone and you are in a relationship with someone long term, especially even if it's like a family member, but I'm talking about specifically romantic relationships, that person is really you, you see the real you, there is no hiding, right? There is no hiding who you are, because that experience in living with someone, it holds up a mirror to you to who you are. And so when you have someone in your life that really knows the real you, not just the social media you, not the person that's, you know, just a, a digital persona or an online persona, but knows the real you, you may not always realize, wow, I have these habits. I have these patterns. I have this personality trait that I didn't realize that I had. And so that is another way that I have learned to hold myself accountable is because I'm not only holding myself accountable, I have a life partner that is also helping me to hold myself accountable and vice versa. And that is what helps to build healthy relationships so that you can evolve and grow together. And some of the some of the reasons why I think it is so important to do the work and talk about, you know, what are, where are the areas in our lives where we might be having a misstep? And, you know, we cannot attribute every single thing to just our external environment, of course, that has a huge role and not to mention the systemic environment as well. We, you know, living in the United States and living in New York City and being part of multiple identities, I do have a lot of influence and a lot of impact in the way that I move through the world, which has nothing to do with me, honestly. Like there racism and sexism and ableism and all of these oppressive systems existed before I was even born. So of course that has a big role in how we move through the world, but doing more of a, a micro point of view 
and looking at just our internal environment, which is your family members, your loved ones, your community, the people you work with, et cetera, your friendships, that those are containers for us to feel safe in. Those should be containers for us to be at ease with each other. And one way that I have learned how to practice more accountability is by journaling regularly and documenting my thought patterns. So some people, if you don't like to journal, like I've said before, you don't have to pull out a pen and paper. You can, I know a lot of folks, they do, they have like a Finsta and they, it's their private Finsta. Nobody else follows them on it. It's their private digital space where they vent and, you know, make videos and they talk and that could be a way to document your thought patterns. Um, but for me, journaling has always, always, always been such an anchor for me. Sometimes where I couldn't even, you know, I was in between therapy appointments. I would whip out my journal and just have like a mind dump and allow myself to to just exist in, in those pages. And it's such an important practice of I have found that the people I know that journal are always people that are very self-aware, very, very self-aware. And I've realized that journaling is really, it's its not just a wellness practice, it's also a spiritual practice. So I will leave some journal prompts in our newsletter. So if you are listening to this and you're not signed up to our weekly newsletter, definitely sign up. It's just go on sidebaddies.com and you can sign up on the newsletter right there. Um, I will only be sending this journal prompts out to our newsletter subscribers. So definitely, you know, sign up so that you can get those. But um, journaling and documenting my thoughts has really helped me to be more self-reflective and self-aware. And I think, of course, going to therapy. But if therapy is not something that's accessible to you or is not something that you know, you feel aligned with right now, I do encourage you to explore other culturally relevant healing tools and be connected with your community and develop a support system that can allow you to have those conversations, those hard conversations. Another really important way to practice accountability beyond just, you know, documenting your thoughts and journaling and kind of being in this introspective this introspective um, way of being is to seek out a mentor and seek out a, a spiritual guide or a teacher or elders. You know, we have a global audience. So I'm always reminded that it's not just folks in the United States who are listening. It's people from all over the world. So if you're especially part of our global audience and our, our global listeners, you know, if you have elders in your community or you have spiritual guides in your community, those are the people who are probably going to hold so much wisdom and they are also going to help you to stay accountable. And I mean, I think about the book, The Alchemist and how like, you know, having a guide in your life or having a spiritual guide or um, a teacher, an elder to teach you and help you to not only hold yourself accountable, but to develop like a layer of self-awareness that goes beyond what I would think even Western medicine or Western mental health care can accomplish. And I'm just being completely honest, having elders, having people that are culturally relevant to your 
healing journey and um, reaching out to folks who can mentor you and really be there as a form of support, but also someone to look up to is, I think, a lost art that we have as our generation gets older. We used to have people in our lives that we would go to. I mean, my mother, she has had many teachers and many mentors in her life. You know, and some are unfortunately no longer here with us Earthside. But I think about all the people in her life who have taught her and have been paternal or maternal figures in her life or just it has really shaped the way that she moves through the world as well. So, um, of course, you know, having community and having people that know the real you in real life, not just the online you, is going to help you so much along your healing journey. And last but not least, I, again, want to reiterate to do all of this self-reflection and self-awareness with love and compassion and to be humble and open-minded and remember the duality that is being a human being and just also remembering to live too. You know, you don't have to make this a project or it doesn't have to feel like homework or this assignment, like, oh, how can I be the perfect human being? That's not going to exist, you know? We all have our toxic moments. I have my toxic moments. Everyone has their moments where they are just unpleasant and that's normal. So don't beat yourself up or feel like you are, you are not a project that you have to constantly work on. And I know that that might sound contradictory hearing it from a mental health and wellness podcast, but I I really encourage you sometimes to just get out there and live make plans with your friends, make plans with the people you love, travel, experience life, do what it is that you need to do, but don't sit and feel like you have to beat yourself up in order to grow. You can still grow and do it with softness and ease and compassion and have people that hold you accountable and have your community that supports you along the way. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and you learned, you know, some information again if you want those journal prompts sign up for our newsletter they will be going out tomorrow friday june 23rd so sign up in the link in the show notes and i'm sending you so much love and stay soft to stay connected join sadie baddies on instagram pinterest twitter and more and sign up for our monthly newsletter on sadiebaddies.com to stay in the loop sending you hella love and stay soft baddie Thank you.